Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning, family. May the Lord bless all of us. And we thank God for this time and opportunity to share His word. If everybody is listening to me, can I see your thumbs up for me to know that you are getting what I'm saying? Thank you. God bless you. So this morning, uh, the the topic that I'm going to share with you is growing in intimacy with God. Growing in intimacy with God. So I'm going to talk about uh, the prayer life. And uh, there are certain stuff that I'm going to share with you that are really like pillars of my spiritual, my personal spiritual life, as I was praying and meditating on what I'm going to share with uh, the family today, uh, I didn't know how to come, what must I really pray, because I want to speak about prayer, but I know the subject of prayer. Almost all of us here, we, we have had some time teaching about prayers. Some people have been, even in Bible school, we have received teachings about prayer. So the information concerning prayer, I can't say that people don't know that. Most of us, we know things about prayer. But the, the, the problem is that growing in practicing, in praying, doing the life of prayer and seeing results. When you see the disciple of Jesus, one day they were asking Jesus, teach us how to pray as John has taught his disciple. If you check it properly, the problem from them for them was not that they were not praying. It was not really the life of prayer. They were already praying. But the main concern was that we want to see results. Because you, Jesus, you pray, you spend all your time in front of God. When you come in the morning, we see results. So teach us how to pray in the way that we can see results. So information concerning prayers, many people know about that. But our main concern, what God has inspired to the family this year through Pastor Andreas, that this year we will focus mostly in our personal growth in the area of prayer and the knowledge of God. God is calling us to grow, to mature, to go from one level to another level. We have been praying, but God is expecting us to grow, to go in another level of prayer. So this is a great responsibility that. Uh, all of us who are bringing the word of God in the family, it is a major responsibility to know how we can bring the word that can commend growth and help us to grow. So that's why I was praying, that asking God that this is a great responsibility, but I want you to direct me in the way that I will bring the word that will help my sister or my brother to grow in his prayer life, to move into another dimension. As I was praying, waiting on the Lord, God came, to speak to me that go from your own life, the things that you learn and you are practicing, release that light. From that light, you can help because there are certain pillars that are, I see myself that if those pillars are on place, it is difficult for you to struggle to pray at least one hour. It is difficult because many people, People will tell you, I, I want to pray, but I cannot go beyond 30 minutes. I cannot pray more than 20 minutes. I cannot reach one hour. But there are certain things that if 
you put them on place, you will be surprised at yourself. You'll see yourself praying long because those pillars are on place. So I'm taking this from my own life. What helped me to stay long when I pray? What helped me to spend much time with God? So it's not a theological teaching. It's something that I, I give for the experience, what I see and I practice all my life, more than even 30 years of prayer life. The first pillar that can help you to begin to grow, what, what is missing, lacking to many people, number one is the spirit of gratitude. The spirit of gratitude. The spirit of gratitude will help you to value all that God is doing for you and all that he has already done for you. And by the spirit of gratitude, you will not lack words to tell God in terms of thanksgiving when you stand in his presence. Sometimes people are out of words. They say, I don't know, I could not pray long. I don't know what to say. I'm not speaking about gratitude. I am speaking about the spirit of gratitude. It's something different. And which I'm pray, I pray from all my heart that God will release it upon every each person listening uh, this teaching this morning. The spirit of gratitude. It is a, 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 a state of mind. It's the state of your spirit that you are carrying that spirit of gratitude. You are grateful. You are grateful for the things that God has done in your life and the things that God is doing in your life. And every time you approach God, you will not lack words to thank God when you stand in his presence. And everybody must develop that spirit, that strong attitude of gratitude toward God for his goodness and for his favor. So one of the reasons that I noticed that many people cannot spend more time in front of God is because they run out of words. And it is good to say, I am grateful. I am grateful to the Lord for his goodness. But the most important part is to be able to mention all his good with words. To mention that, to speak, to say about that by opening your own mouth at the place of prayer. Many will say, I'm grateful. But that is not enough. You need to express your gratefulness by words. When you stand in front of God as an offering, you don't keep quiet and you say in your heart, I'm grateful to the Lord. So the moment you begin to exercise, you develop speaking, confessing and declaring the goodness of God, reminding God everything that God has done for you. You acknowledge them and you begin to speak them. Every time at the place of prayer, you will see that something will shift in you. Something will change. Remember the Bible reveals to us the first protocol to observe when you enter in God's presence. To enter in God's presence, there are certain protocols to respect. And the first protocol is in the book of Psalm 100 verse 4. I think that most of us, we know the, the, the Psalm 100 verse 4. I'm reading from King James Version, and I will read also from the Message Version. From King James Version, the Bible says the following. Enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. This is the protocol. You enter God's presence, firstly, with thanksgiving. You don't begin your prayer by doing intercession or 
or presenting your request, you enter first of all. If you, you miss this protocol, you will not have a strong prayer line. You, you get to know the first protocol is thanksgiving and need to be thankful to the Lord. And when you enter his presence, the first sacrifice to present to him, the first offering is your sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I like the way the message version speaks about this. In the message version, the Bible says, enter with the password. He's calling it the password. Enter with the password, thank you. So the password to access God's presence is thank you. You enter with thanksgiving. It is a password. Unless you apply that password, you will not go far. You will stuck somewhere. Make yourself at home, is what the message is saying. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourself at home. Talking praise, talking. You need to open your mouth. You are speaking, talking praise. Thank him and worship him. So this is the protocol. We enter God's presence with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. We need to, when we, we stand in front of God, we begin to exercise our soul, our mind, to see the goodness of God and to tell God, I am thankful for this. I remember this. I thank you for this. And you will see there are many things that God has done for you and the things that God is doing for you. You don't see only the present. Every time you enter in his presence, you go past the present and the future. It's the way you do powerful thanksgiving. You thank him for the past, the present, even for the future. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 103 verse 1 and verse 2, I will read it again from King James Version, and I will read it from the Message Version. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David was speaking to his daughter, bless the Lord and forget not. Remember all. You, you don't need to put certain things aside that, they, they are not very important. Said, forget not all his benefits. And the message version says, Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I will bless his holy name. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. Don't forget a single blessing. The moment I stand in front of God, my soul must. Begin to acknowledge the goodness of God. And the Bible said, don't forget a single blessing. So if you just, you, you start developing this, that spirit of gratitude, you'd offer a considerable sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. And, and, and you will see yourself that you begin to grow in prayer. Because many of that of us, we offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, which is not considerable. Just to stand up, you say, Father, thank you for the day. I thank you for life and my house. Thank you in the name of Jesus. But then you pass to something else. But if you bring a considerable offering, you will see that it, it will take you time. And the spirit will begin even to remind you many things. And you can take time. You can grow. Many don't offer a considerable sacrifice to offensive to the Lord because of one reason, because they take many things in granted. It's the reason. 
The reason many people cannot spend even 20 minutes only thanking God is because they take many things in granted. If we begin to do like the message, said, don't forget a single blessing. You will see that you, you, you may be surprised you can even spend two hours crying in front of God, blessing him because of his goodness. You see your past, you see where you are. There are things in our, that God has given to you, things that you cannot lose and those that you can lose. There are things that cannot perish. There are also things that can perish. If you put all of them together, you begin to thank God for that. You will see. There are things that God has given to you that cannot perish. Like, for example, your salvation, your, your righteousness, redemption. God has given you forgiveness. God has given you justification, deliverance. These are the things that cannot perish. You cannot lose them. And if you are mindful of that, that every time when you enter his presence, the first thing you begin to, to see what Jesus has done for you on the cross, how you are saved. You are not part of the big family of God. You are part of the kingdom of God. You see that God has justified you. You can stand front of God without any sense of guilt. God has redeemed you. It took you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You have been delivered. If you begin to see all this stuff, just a thank you, God for what you have received that you cannot lose. Even when you are sick, you still save. Even when you are broke, there's no money in your pocket, you still save and you are still righteous. These are the things that can motivate you that, okay, right now I don't have things in my hand, but I know I am redeemed. I am justified by God. So I am justified despite of the fact that I may be sick, but I'm saved. I am justified. Just the knowledge of that will cause you to always have things to tell God. Sometimes people cannot thank God because they say, what must I thank God for? They want things in the present. They see material evidence. I was praying for a job. I don't have the job until now. I was praying for money. There's no money till now. I was praying for the house. There's no house. So because there's no things in the material, you stuck. You, you are not motivated. You feel like you are very down. You, 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 you see, why must I, must I even thank God? But if you begin to think that God has given you things that you can lose and what you cannot lose, the things that you can see and the things that you cannot see, you put all of them together, you will see that you cannot lack, lack words to tell God. The spirit of thanksgiving is the first dimension that will help you to go deeper and to grow in your life of prayer that you don't take anything in granted. You look at your life in the physical, you look at your life here on the earth, you see that you begin to consider things that God has given to you. You thank God for good health. You wake up in the morning, many people are sick, many are dead, but you are alive. Maybe you don't realize that. You don't even thank God for that. You, you have a place to say, how many people are staying on the street? They don't have place. Some people are now out, they, they chase them out of their houses, but you can have a place. If you can just be mindful of that, that God has given me a place. God has given me a shelter. I'm not in trouble like other people. You will not lack words to tell God. But when we take other things normal, it is normal. No, to have a house is normal. To, to have a car is normal. To, to have food is normal. Everything is normal. You will not be grateful. But if you begin to see that things that I'm receiving, things that I have here, there are other people who are crying now for that. And I need to be grateful. And I cannot just say I'm grateful in my heart. I need to tell God, Father, thank you for providing food for me. I thank you that I have my wife. 
you thank God. I asked a guy in my church, one day I asked, I asked the people in my church, I said, all the men stand up. And I asked them, how many men every morning you thank God for your wife? No one left his hand. But they always pray. They pray, they, they, they thank God. But they, they, they don't realize that having a wife is a great blessing. That ignorance shut them up at the place of prayer. That God said that he who found a wife has found something good. It is a blessing, a grace, a favor from God. So when you begin every morning that I thank God for my wife, I thank God for my husband. Other people are not married. Other people are divorced. We, we are together. There is peace. If I am mindful of this stuff, I begin to thank God for my children, naming one, every each one of them. The Bible says that the children are the blessing from the Lord and the fruit of the womb is a reward from God. So when I begin to thank God for rewarding me, for blessing me, you will see that it's difficult to tell me that pastor cannot pray 20 minutes thanking God. It is impossible because there are things that if you bring them in your mind, you will go deeper. You'll go deeper. You thank God for your family, your brothers, your sisters, that God has given to you, the relationship that you have in your life, your friends, your work, all this stuff. If we begin to bring them together, financial blessings, uh, the business, contract, everything, gifting that God has given to you, the calling that you have upon your life. If you sit quiet and you begin to bring all this stuff in your mind, front of God, you will notice that you will speak long and you will begin to mention that. God, I thank you for this. I see this. I'm so grateful to this. I thank you for this. No matter what can be happening in your life, there will not be a reason for you to pass a day without praying. Not because we had a fight yesterday at home, I could not pray. Not because my boss gave me a difficult time, I could not pray. No, 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 no. You will always, if the spirit of gratitude is upon you, you will always identify things that no matter what is happening, I still, I'm still grateful to God. Look what God has given to me. How many people, even this morning, you pray for, thank God for giving you a spiritual family. You may be in a church for a year. You never thank God. That Father, I thank you for planting me in a family. I thank you for my pastor. I thank you for the, my brothers and sisters in the, the, the church, people that we are working together. We see everything in granted. So when we neglect certain things, it becomes difficult for you to go deeper, to develop that life of thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving is the first step in your prayer life. So when you develop that spirit and you are grateful to the Lord, you will begin to grow. You will begin to grow. And, 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 and if you want to grow in your life of thanksgiving, you get to refuse to remain superficial. I want you to write this down. Refuse to be superficial. I decide to go in details every time you thank God. Don't give God like a briefing. Thank you for life. Thank you for peace. Thank you for grace. Amen. No. Refuse to be superficial. Go in details. Begin to talk with God. And thanksgiving is a powerful offering that we give to God. It commands divine attention. It commands divine attention. The eyes of God will come upon you as you are thanking him. It opens doors. And thanksgiving opens doors for more. It creates multiplication. No man even here on the earth will keep giving you if you never say thank you. It should not happen. Someone keep giving you stuff, you, you just say take people, just take people. No, you will be offended. People cannot keep giving you if you're not grateful. They give you if they see you are grateful. 
you 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 take you value what you receive in the same way with God. Thanksgiving will open doors for more, for increase, for multiplication. You will see Jesus giving thanks to God with five bread and two fishes by giving thanks the multiplication care. Thanksgiving opens the door. So we need to, to develop that. Many relationships have been destroyed because of lack of appreciation. When there is no appreciation, the relationship can be destroyed. The husband don't, don't appreciate his wife. The wife don't appreciate the husband. You see trouble coming. We need to have that spirit of gratitude. So this is the first thing that for me, what helped me to spend long time with God, the spirit of gratitude is moving with me. I, I, I don't take things in granted and I don't give God thanks uh, uh, just uh, globally. I do it in details. I go and I spend my time thanking God, praying in tongues, singing for God, and telling God, I, I'm so grateful. I, I, I thank you for this. And when you begin to consider all this, you pray God to open your eyes. Pray the spirit of God to bring in your remembrance what God is doing for you. That's why David was commending his soul. He was speaking not to his flesh, to his soul. He was directing to the spirit. He said, thank God and all that is within me. I said, give thanks to God. Don't forget. He was giving and commend to his soul. Because the soul is the seat of your emotion, the seat of your intellect, the seat of your mind. I'm commending my mind. Don't forget. Bring back in my memory everything that God has done for me so that when I sit in front of him, I, I open my mouth and begin to thank him for that. And the second pillar, second pillar is the passion for God's presence and power. Why many people are struggling? They are struggling to spend time with God. It is because they lack the passion for God's presence and power. The passion for God's presence and God's power is one of the strong pillars that can maintain someone long in God's presence. When that passion is on you, and I pray that God will, will give you the passion for his presence in his power. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, let's read Psalm 42, verse 2, and we're going to read also Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2. Two scriptures, Psalm 42, verse 2, and Psalm 63, verse 1 and verse 2. I'm reading 42, verse 2. My soul tests for God, for the living God. When shall I, shall I come? and appear before God. This David speaking, my soul test. There was a test, there was a hunger in his heart for God's presence. So when shall I appear before God? He was, he was hungry of his presence. My soul test, not my body, but my soul. And chapter 63, chapter 63, verse one and verse two. 63, verse one, verse two, he said, oh my God, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul, it speaks again about my soul. My soul tests for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see two things, your power and your glory. That was the pursuit of David. He said, early in the morning, my soul will go after you. I'm thirsty of you. He was passionate of God's presence. 
Say, early I will go in your sanctuary to see your power and your glory. These are the things that were the pursuit of his heart. No matter his position as a king, no matter everything that he had, but he was a man after God's presence. One of the reasons many people cannot spend even an hour in prayer is because they lack the passion for God's presence. When you want more of God, you will not be in a hurry in his presence. When you want more of God, you will never be in a hurry because there is a test in your heart. I want more. When people are lacking that, that desire of wanting more of God, they, they cannot stay long. They just sit a few minutes and then they walk away. But when you want more, that passion of God is on you, you will see that it becomes easy for you to don't even mind the time, but you can spend time with God. David was pursuing God's presence every each morning. His greatest desire was continually encounters with God. He, he didn't want to live from the encounter of last year or, or the encounter of yesterday. He wanted to have an encounter with God every each day. Continual encounters. Because it's from the place of intimacy that conception takes place. The place from the place of intimacy, conception takes place. New things are birthed in the place of intimacy. You cannot see the release of new gifts, new potential in you without being in intimacy with God. It's like a husband and a wife. The conception, they cannot conceive a baby unless they get intimate. It's from the place of intimacy that conception takes place. And a believer who is not intimate with God cannot give birth to something. He will remain the same, will never grow. He will not multiply himself. It's from the place of intimacy. And David was pursuing God's presence and God's encounter every morning. See, that was a spirit upon him, the passion for God's presence and real transformation and growth happened through encounter. In the place of encounter, the place that we receive real transformation and real growth. One encounter with God can give you what five years of Bibles could never give to you. Only one encounter with God can change your life. That you have been studying, you have been a Christian for 20 years, but one encounter with God can give you what 10 years of Bible school never gave to you. And you need to have that passion that, Father, I need you. What all I seek is your presence. I want to be with you. I want to encounter your power, your glory. It is very important to understand that when we speak about God's presence, I see two dimensions in God's presence. There is a dimension of God's presence with, within us. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Jesus comes to live in us. It is God living in us. All the believers, we have that dimension, God's presence within us. That presence comes by grace. It comes for free. When you open your heart, you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You receive the presence of God. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. So that first dimension of presence comes by grace. It is for free, just through your faith. But there is a second dimension of presence 
that the presence is with us, not within us, but with us or on us. That presence comes as a reward of time, sacrifice spent in front of God. This is the dimension that David was seeking. The presence of God with me in the things that I do. The presence on me that you don't receive it by grace. It is not a gift. That one, you pay a price for that. And this is the dimension that God is calling most of us to, to have the willingness to pay the price that I seek God. When you spend more time in his presence, you receive his divine energy. You receive his glory, his fire on you. And when you begin to walk, you are carrying that presence. You carry it. It is a dimension that you need to pay the price for that. It is that presence that makes the difference. That presence increases the level of authority and your kingdom and your kingdom citizenship. You receive as a kingdom citizen, your level of authority increases even when you stand in his presence and you carry that presence. Your kingdom influence. I want you to get to pay attention to what I want, I want to say now. It's very important. Your kingdom influence is not only determined by what you know or you believe, but mostly by what you carry. I'm speaking about influence here. Your influence as the citizen of the kingdom of God is not only determined by what you know or what you believe, because what you know and what you believe also brings your influence. But the highest level of your influence is determined by what you carry. It is what you carry that will command your influence. If you are empty, you don't carry anything, you cannot be relevant and you cannot have influence. And remember the vision of this family is to extend the influence of God's kingdom in our community, in our society. We don't extend the influence of God's kingdom by using one leg. I believe that we need to have two legs. One leg is expressing the love of God in our society. Another leg is expressing the power of God in our community. Two legs gives you the balance. Because when you go with the leg of the love of God, you extend the influence of God's kingdom in your community. But with the leg of the power of God, you impose your dominion. Because we are called to exercise dominion. You cannot exercise dominion only with the knowledge of the way that you have. You need to have something tangible on you. The power, the presence of God must be with you. When you go where sick people are, you don't go only with the knowledge of the scriptures that Jesus can heal. You need to have something tangible, the power on you to exercise dominion over the forces of darkness. And we receive that in God's presence. You don't receive it far from his presence. That's why you need to pay the price to, if you have the passion for his presence and his power, you will not be in a hurry in his presence. When you sit there, you say, I will not live here until I have an encounter with God. I need to receive more of God. I need. And let me give you some scripture. Whatever you, you, you walk, no, let me read it. When you carry the tangible presence of God, your word will carry weight. Your word, when you speak, 
in every environment, your work, when you carry that tangible presence, you spend time with God and you walk away from his presence, carrying his presence, your word will carry weight. When you speak, even people around you can feel that I'm, uh, this, this person is carrying something when you are speaking. This is what God wants for all of us. Everywhere we at your workplace, when if you are at the university, if you are in the market, you, you interact with people, but they feel something. When Jesus was speaking with the disciple in the roads of Emmaus, they didn't know that it was Jesus. By the time, by the time they knew that it was him, they said something, they said, can you can you remember when he was talking with us? Even our heart was burning like fire because Jesus was carrying the presence of God. It was it, it was not just the empty person. Something tangible was on him. When Nicodemus came to him, he said, Master, I know that you are coming from heaven because no one can do the kind of things that you are doing unless God is with him. He recognized that. That me, I'm a doctor of the law. I, I carry the knowledge. I, I have the knowledge, but I'm missing something that you have. And he told Jesus that no one can do the things that you are doing unless God is with him. Unless he carries the presence of God, he cannot do what you are doing. So the presence helps us to make a difference and to do what other people cannot do. And wherever you walk, you carry an atmosphere that can command change, that can command respect for God, that can command honor for God. That can command breakthrough, miracles, authority. Look at people like Jacob. He went in the house of his uncle Laban. He was carrying the presence of God. The moment he stepped in, the life of Laban changed. His business began to grow. And one day he said to Laban, let me go to my, my, my land. He said, no, I cannot let you go. Let us talk. He said that because I have perceived that God has blessed me because of you, because when he came there, it was empty-ended, but something was on him, the presence of God. Joseph in the house of Potiphar. Bible said that the moment he stepped in, the business of Potiphar was growing. Why? Because of the presence he was carrying. So we don't expect only the pastors, the apostles to carry the presence. Everybody needs to carry something from God. Whether you are in the business, whether you are a student, whether you are you are a housewife. Anything you do, when the presence of God is with you, it makes the difference. It, it gives you another dimension. And when everybody is not passionate about that, I need to carry God. I need to bring his light. Wherever I enter, the light of God can go. The darkness must disappear. You see the difference. And your word, like I said before, will carry weight. But if you read the book of First Kings, Chapter 17, verse 1, speaking about Elijah, First Kings 17. And I would like you to write also Luke, chapter 1, verse 18 to verse 20. The first one I said, First Kings 17, 1. And Elijah the Tishibite, one of inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew, no rain these years, except at my word. He spoke to the king, but the, 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 the phrase that catch my attention, he said, before whom I stand, is what catch my attention. He presented himself to the king, he said, as the Lord God of 
Israel lives, before whom I stand. He was revealing something here that that God that I carry his presence, I'm in permanent communion with him. I stand in front of that God. And now I speak, there will be no dew, no rain. So the result, the weight from his word came from his position. He was standing. Say, I stand. It doesn't mean that wherever I stand, you see God physically. No, there was a connection. He was carrying the presence of God. And because of that knowledge that I carry his presence, he knew that every word that will speak will stand. He knew. And believers today, we are we are intimidated by many situations. We are shaking in front of anything. We, we are not able to pray to resist a certain place because we, 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 we are not so convinced of where we stand. But the moment that you know that you stand in front of God, you will see. When you carry the presence, your word will carry away. When you go to the book of Luke, you can read yourself, Luke 1 from 18 to 20, you will see Gabriel speaking to Zachariah uh, when he came to give him the prophecy concerning his wife. And when, when, when Zachariah would say that, no, I am old, I, I, I can't see how my wife can conceive. And if you read verse 19, verse 19, Gabriel said, I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring to you this glad tidings. He spoke about the position. I stand in God's presence. And because of that, he said, behold, you will become mute. God did not tell him to, to tell him, tell him to become mute, but he, he engaged heaven himself because he was carrying the presence of God. We are living in the world of adversity, my brothers and my sisters. I want you to understand that this world that we are living now, the season that we are now, we are at the end time. We will face a lot of adversity, but I will I want to encourage you to know the value of God's presence. You will not stand certain opposition unless you carry a real and a tangible presence of God. And that presence of God comes as a reward. You need to have the passion to stand in his presence and worship and praise, worshiping and receiving his divine energy. When you walk out from that place, you are not the same person in everything that we do. You need that. You, uh, you need divine power as a father, as a mother, as a businessman, as a minister of the gospel, as a musician, as a student. We need that divine power. It is very important. Amen. Are we listening? Can, can I see that you are still connected? Good. So let me give you the pillar number three. So those pillars that I'm giving to you is that when it's now active in your life, you will see your time, your length of prayer time will grow. Your length was because the difficulty is that I cannot pray long. And sometimes we say, no, I, uh, I, I don't think I'm gifted to that. I, I don't think. No, every believer can pray long. There is no gift of prayer in the Bible. All of us, we are called to pray. All of us. The spirit, and the number three, the spirit of total dependence on God. Total dependence on God. It is also the state of mind. When you live with that spirit, you will not miss to pray. Other people, they think they can make it alone. They don't need God for anything. They don't need advice. They don't need direction. They, they, they just make their own decision, make their own plan. Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6, Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, in everything. Not say in everything, not something, everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God in everything, even the small details of your life. Make your request to God. Father, I want to make this, I want to make a choice here. This is, I want to go. Show me the way. Give me your wisdom. Hebrew chapter 4, Hebrew 4, verse 16. Hebrew 4, 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly to the throne. It is prayer. Come to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help you in the time of need. So we, we need the grace for everything that we are doing. So when you live with that mentality, I depend totally on God. There is nothing I can do unless God gives me the go ahead. I depend on God to give me wisdom. The Bible said that those who lack wisdom ask to the Lord. I depend on God for my protection, for my provision, for my direction, everything. That the spirit of total dependence will cause people every time to kneel down front of God and pray. So in, if that spirit is only in you, you'll see that you will always like to talk with God, to tell him and depend on him, wait on the Lord to receive direction, to make the right choices, right decision, everything that you do. So this when it lacks. Jesus said that without me, you cannot make it. Some people, they don't pray. Some people, the moment you see them in the church coming back, you know that they are in trouble. That's why they come. But when things are good, you don't see them. They say, no, I can make it myself. I can do it myself. I don't need God now. You need God even when things are good or when things are not good. He must direct you, depending totally on God. And number four, number four, the, the fourth pillar that I want to give to you, the spirit of intercession. The spirit of intercession. When that spirit is only you, it will help you also to enjoy your time in God's presence. When you have a burden for other people's well-being and the kingdom advancement, you will not struggle to spend the minimum of one hour in prayer. When you have the burden for other people's well-being, and the kingdom advance, you will not struggle. You will not struggle. The reason many people are not praying really or spending time with God because they lack a burden. I remember my, my biological father taught me this thing uh, when I was 14 years old. I was seeing him most of the time. He would wake up in the night, midnight, he's praying. Sometimes he goes in his car, early in the morning, he sits in the car. And he's praying inside. One day I asked that, why are you, what, what are you really telling God when you spend like three hours? What are you telling him? Why are you pray long? He gave me an answer that I did not understand that time, but after many years, now I can understand. He told me, my son, the day you receive the burden, you will pray. The reason you are not praying, you don't carry any burden in your heart. You are living here, we give you food, everything is fine. You, you don't have any burden. But the moment God will lay a burden in your heart, you will stay at the place of prayer. And now that I grew up, the Spirit of God begins to put burdens in you. You see that now you have a burden for revival. You have a burden for your spiritual family. You have a burden for people around you. You want to pursue God, for God to move, for God to transform their life, all this stuff. Sometimes you can just cry for transformation. You see you are leading people. You are teaching them, but they, but they are still low to grow. And you are crying for that. The burden 
will keep you in God's presence. And this is what we call the spirit of intercession. That I don't pray for me, but I, I pray on the behalf of other people. I pray for the advancement of God's kingdom. And many believers think that intercession is only the duty of certain group of people. That there is a team of intercession. Only them can pray for the church. Only them can pray for the mission. Only them. But biblically speaking, there is no department, there is no ministry of a, 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 a group. We do not see that in the early church, they had the department of intercession. No, the entire church were offering intercession to God. It is not the responsibility of few people. The moment you know, me, I cannot interact. When, when I wake up in the morning, I give thanks to God, then I pray for my own problem, then I go. It is, it is not good. You must be a true believer, someone who carry the burden for the kingdom of God. The burden will cause you. When, when we read, let's read the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. And you will write also Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. So it was when I heard this word that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was saying for many days, they don't tell us the number of days, but he mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. When Nehemiah heard that the walls of Jerusalem were destroyed, were consumed by fire, the city was in calamity. When he heard that, he received a divine burden in his heart. And the Bible said that he, he said that I cried in that way for many days. He was praying and he said, I was fasting and praying before God. You see, so someone cannot pray for many days without the burden. You cannot pray for many hours without the burden. In my prayer for all of us this morning that the Holy Spirit will help us to catch divine, holy burdens in our hearts. Because when you receive that, you will see that you will take many days, you will take hours, you pray for something, you, you notice that something is not going well here. And I want to carry it in my heart. We come together. When we stand as a family in the time of prayer, if all of us, we are carrying a burden, the pastor will not struggle to tell you pray. No one will stay quiet. Everybody will open his mouth because there is a burden. When you read in the book of Acts 12.5, Peter was in the prison. But the Bible said that the church, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayers were, were, was offered to God for him by the church, not by the group of people. The church, the entire church, they were praying continuously. They did not stop. So if it was us today, we could say, no, okay, let only the pastors or the leadership of the church pray. But the Bible says here that constant prayers were offered continuously by the church. Why? Because they had the burden. We want to see Peter being released. Because of the burden, the spirit of intercession was upon them. When you lack a burden, you will not pray. You will not take things serious. But if you begin to see around you, you, you take your responsibility as a believer. I need also to present this matter to the Lord. You will see that you begin to grow. And can you see those four pillars that I said here? If someone develops the spirit of thanksgiving, you begin to thank God and you have the spirit of the passion for God's presence. You put them together. The spirit of total dependence and the spirit of intercession. I, I, I can't believe that you will tell me that, Pastor, I cannot pray one hour. I don't believe. 
It cannot happen. You can pray more than one hour. If you operate with those four wings, you see that it's becoming easy. But when you don't carry, there is no, there is no spirit on you helping you to those dimensions. It's difficult. But you can develop that. You develop gratitude. You can develop your passion for God's presence. You can develop all that I said. Hey, these are the things that you can develop. You can develop your total dependence on God, and you can develop the spirit of intercession. You cannot, in the, the, first, the first day, do it maybe like Pastor Michael can do, or Pastor Andreas, or me, I can do. No, but if you catch those four elements, you begin to exercise yourself. You can develop that by the grace of God, and you see, you move very far. And, uh, and uh, I will conclude by giving you maybe two tips. Tips after receiving those four pillars, but there are also tips that myself have practiced that can also help you to extend a bit your time of fellowship. The, 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 the powerful tips that me personally have considered is to create a good atmosphere that will shift you from the level of the flesh to the level of the spirit when you begin to pray. Before you start to move into a time of prayer, first, the, the, the tips that I want to get here, create first a good atmosphere that will help you to shift from the level of the flesh to the level of the spirit. Because when you move in the level of the spirit, you have much strength to stay long. But as long as you keep praying from the flesh, you will not go far. And now, you get to understand that God is spirit. The Bible says that God is spirit, and you don't connect with God in the flesh, you connect with God in the spirit. That's why you need to create an atmosphere that will shift you from the level of the flesh, you enter the level of the spirit. And from that dimension, you begin to pray, you flow in the spirit. And therefore, every each one of us must identify what turn you on spiritually. It's a secret I'm giving to you. Identify what turn you on spiritually and maximize on that before you begin. What turns you on? Some people are turned on by the music. Some other people, by the reading of the word of God. The moment they begin to read the word, they are turned on spiritually. Some people, they need the music to play around them. And me, personally, I'm, I, I, I'm turned on by the music. When I pray, if I pray without playing music, I cannot go above two hours. But if I put my music slowly playing, I open my laptop, I put the music playing. I've got a fault that I put my music for Thanksgiving, my music for the Holy Spirit. So then I, I leave my music will be playing even five hours praying. So when the music is playing, I'm, I'm not in the flesh. I move in the spirit. But other people cannot pray like me using music. Other people, they like maybe the word. I, 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 I've seen my father before he prayed, he was reading the Bible even one hour. He will sit every morning, he read first. After reading, you see him pray. So for him, what turned him on was the word of God. There are other people, uh, what turned them on is a quiet moment, quiet time before. They, they wake up, they sit quiet. 
even for 40 minutes, one hour, it has to be required. By sitting quiet, immediately they shift from the flesh to the spirit. There are other people speaking in tongues, like my wife. When she begins to pray, she can spend even one hour only in tongues before she says any words. So this is the way that she, she's turned on. She will sit there, she starts warming up a spirit, pray in tongues, then it change. Me, I like to put music and I move with the music, I pray in tongues. So the moment we begin to identify, the mistake that most of us we commit, we just pray from the flesh. You wake up, you sit there, Father, thank you for it. No, 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 you can't go like that. Find what turns you on spiritually. Create a good atmosphere. You must pray from the atmosphere of the spirit, not from the atmosphere of the flesh. Otherwise, you'll be distracted. The flesh will keep commanding you. You are busy praying, responding to calls, and sending back the messages. You are still in the flesh. But when you move in the spirit, you, you, you have another the grace, something from God is on you. You don't pray alone, you pray by the spirit. The spirit is praying by using you. The spirit is now taking command, control of you. It is not the flesh anymore. You don't feel the better. You, you enjoy that moment. So you need to create the atmosphere. And uh, another thing, keep engaging in corporate prayer. If you want to grow, that's the last thing that I will tell you. You must say, keep engaging in corporate prayer. Like to pray with the church, with other people. When they, 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 they call people for prayer, go there. Be among them. Because the Bible says that the iron sharpens the iron. When you are together with other people who, who already mature in prayer, you pray together in that atmosphere. Because there is a corporate anointing that is released when people are coming together. And you must always value that. Don't miss the corporate prayer. Develop that habit of being always there. Because by being there, you will see that something is now growing in you. In our church, uh, when we, we, we praise God or we worship God, we ask everybody to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise with their, their own mouth. You must speak. We encourage people to speak. The only time that you may not make this speech is when we do intercession. This one can pray, this one can pray, this one can pray. But thanksgiving and worship, everybody must raise his voice. And we have noticed that when we pray together by opening our mouth, we are growing. We are growing. Because when you are in that atmosphere, people are praying. You too, you participate. Your participation will facilitate your growth. If you don't participate, you cannot grow. And if you don't participate, you become boring. That's why you see many churches are struggling to have a team of people praying together. Why? Because it's boring. We, we sit quiet. One person is praying. But if all of us, we move, that anointing will touch everybody. And everybody will feel, despite of the fact I'm praying for the church, but myself, I've been revived. There is something that I'm benefiting here. There's something that I receive here. This is what I noticed that we, when, when we call people in our church for prayer, for intercession, it, it is the department that always runs well, does not go down. Because people, when they come, they know myself, I'm profiting from the atmosphere in this place, the anointing. Everybody is engaged. So when we pray as a family, mostly when we are together, we begin to worship God. When we sing, let you also decide to sing. You don't need to be a musician, just a sing. 
in the way you can do it. When we pray, say, let's thank God. Everybody must open his mouth. You thank God. You don't need to shout. You don't need to keep, just thank God. But at least you are speaking. Because I'm telling you, your growth in prayer will begin when you discipline your mouth to speak. Begin to speak. If you don't comment, you don't create that breakthrough, you will remain in the same level. But speaking will help you to grow. Speaking to engage will help you to move into another dimension. Amen. So I think that I will stop here for today. I gave you four pillars that I pray God to help you to grow and develop that. And I gave you two tips that can help you also somewhere, somehow to improve uh, your prayer life. So uh, I'm closing here. I want to do a one minute prayer for you as I'm closing. Let's pray. Father Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the time that I spent with my brothers and sisters. And I thank you for the things that you laid in my heart to share with them. I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you will release upon all of us that spirit of gratitude in a greater measure that will allow us to spend more time with you, thanking you because of your goodness and release in our hearts the passion for your presence and your power and your glory. Father, I pray that we learn to depend totally on you. And also I pray that the spirit of intercession comes upon us, that everybody will be able to carry a burden for the advancement of your kingdom and help us to, to grow in talking with you, communicating with you, opening ourselves when we are in the place of prayer. Thank you that by the Holy Spirit, you will give life to this word and you will transform every each life. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray and we say amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.